time that he fucking does it had to be that drive. They're they're not. Here's the deal, though, man. They're not making the playoffs. The thing that I'm most upset about is the fact that they won three in a row, and so it actually like I didn't want to pay a lot of attention. Yeah. I was like, oh, draw you in, and then all of a sudden you start hearing like, hey, you know the playoffs are possible if that streak stays hot, and then you start to think you're like, oh yeah, maybe maybe that'll happen, and then watching this game, I actually like during that last drive had like an elevated heart rate could actually feel my heart like pounding Yeah, and then started to kind of feel like anxious as I'm watching it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I hate feeling like this. That's why I had to stop watching this shit all the time because it was just all of the games that they lost this year. They've lost four games where they gave up a 13 point lead. And it was all like right after halftime. All of it was after so halftime. I got to assume a fourth quarter collapse is better than a halftime collapse, right? Like there, there's improvement. No, no because <laughs> no, no, because if it's a collapse that happens during the fourth quarter, it hits you in a very, it's all hitting you at once in a s- smaller segment of time. Like that, That's true. You're that whole thing happened in five minutes. And up until that point of the game, the entire, you know, 55 minutes that had occurred up to that point. It was all we're going to like, you know, when uh, ESPN has the probability thing and it goes up and down, it was literally Raiders up top. And then as soon as it was 13 to 16, as the game got more wrapped up, it got to 98% probability that they were going to win. And then it showed the graphic and it just shot straight fucking down to 100% on the Rams. The only reason they made that stat anymore is just to torture people, like just to torture fans. For watching the game. Well, and not even that. It's just because you very rarely ever see it. How much unless, do you hate that in fantasy? Yeah. The fucking win yeah, probability. It's you're awful. sitting there like, this isn't necessary. I remember thinking that was cool for like the first three weeks that they showed it. And then it was just like, no, because these, the, the projections and the factoring all this doesn't factor in like potential for huge games. Mm-hmm. Like it's just literally flow and momentum. What, what you think. And then you check the stats, and it's like they're going to have 78 yards and 0.6 touchdowns. Like, what the fuck do you mean 0.6 touchdowns? They're either going to have a touchdown or they're not going to have a fucking touchdown. Uh, Yeah, it's just like it's more probable than not that it'll happen. What I was getting at with uh, the Friday energy thing is like I felt like as soon as I got off work driving home, I was like, hell yeah. I'm like, we're podcasting tonight. Like, Friday's my favorite night to do it because you have that energy going into the weekend. I feel like sometimes when you do it on Sundays, you're like, this is like the last fun thing to do during the weekend. Yeah, that is a tough feeling. Yeah. And you still get excited about it. You're like, "Ah, but after we do this, then it's just kind of getting ready to go to work. Sunday scaries kick in and you just don't want to But Friday, it's just everything's so full of possibility. And I had energy. And then literally within an hour of getting home, my child just literally (laughs) energy vampired the shit out of me. Well, that's why... When you're like, I'll give you a second to decompress, I would be like, I I can't because if like I sit down and I get stoned or I have a drink or anything mm-hmm. like that, my my willpower, my motivation is just going to be gone. That's true. And luckily, this is kind of like podcasting is kind of like a boner pill for excitement. Like it, it'll always ramp you up, <coughs> even when you're not feeling super high on it. But did you mean super high, like? <laughs> Big eye, or do you mean super high, like your mood? I just my mood. Like it's, <coughs> uh, this has probably been like one of the worst weeks of postal life that I've had. But at the same time, like coming home, I was like, okay, I got the tough part of the day over, and that was what I just kept focusing on. Is like this has to be the toughest part of the day. We'll get to here, then we'll get to here, <coughs> then as soon as we get back to the office, I. 
I didn't even do like 90% of the shit that I usually have to do at the mm-hmm. office. I tossed all my parcel markers in, like threw the raw mail, the stuff that I picked up and the thing, threw all my uh, like notification cards in, just like, fuck it. I'll touch it tomorrow. I'll handle it tomorrow. What's got going on? You know, when you take a draw and you actually can feel it like penetrate your fucking brain. Yeah. And then it feels like it's set up shop in your lungs, even though you breathe it all out. <clears throat> so I might stay on topic here. I might not. I don't know. <laughs> With this? Yeah. I don't really. I mean, it's going to be fairly easy because it's not like we have to follow a historical like timeline. I every Can you time imagine if there was like some type of like like badass legend behind this guy behind behind the one we know like the modern behind like Saint Nick behind like, the more American yeah, like version? it was based on like the legend was based on can you imagine if it was like Saint Nicholas before he was a saint he was a gladiator in the Roman arena who won his freedom by like defeating everyone. And then he wanted to live a life of nonviolence and pacifism, so he became a Catholic priest. Then he became a saint, Saint Nick. And then for atonement for all of the lives that he took and all the blood that he shed, he decided he would travel the world, spreading joy and cheer, bringing presents to children. He used to have to torture kids, and he hated it. But then and one so, day, yeah, someone kidnaps someone that he loves. And old St. Nick's going to have to pick up the sword and shield again. He turns into not racist Liam Neeson, saves saves his own daughter's life. I uh, I like the idea of Santa. I just, when it gets into like, when you really hear like St. Nicholas was a real person and he was a patron saint of children and all that shit, I don't want that. It's just a dumb backstory that could be true, could be not true. It's rooted in religion, and that kind of bugs me. Like, just a standalone story, man. That's all I want. The best, the best. Like, what do you, what do you call like a story from a country? Is there a more like, like a fable? Yeah, it. Uh, fable is good. What's I'm trying to think what the term would be for like. It's like it's kind of lore, but I think lore is. I don't know. Whatever you call it. I like these. that. I like the word lore for this. I do too. Because it's kind of a, like you say. Your it, lore. It sounds like a word from yesteryear. And it comes out of culture. That's true. Um, when you have countries that, I feel like we always go back to this, of countries that have had a long, long culture that, you know, you're able to draw like fables and lore and legends and myths from. Man, they get all the fucking cool, all albeit kind of like kind of scary sometimes aspects of it, like of like the Santa Claus type character or the guy that you know is supposed to be their yearly. What do you? Santa's like a judge in a lot of situations to determine if someone's been naughty or nice. Hey, he's got a list. He does. He twice. checks it twice. And some of these people ain't getting coal that Seneca is kind of drawn from. But then I think we did. We just talked about this during the Pearl Harbor episode where we were like, America takes a whole bunch of like other shit that we see Uh the country does really well. And we just try to do it like a lot of it. And I think that's kind of what Santa Claus ended up happening is modern Santa Claus that we know in America vastly differs from Santa Claus or whoever the Santa type figure is throughout the rest of the world. 
yeah, it in you know some of Europe there's like in England it's like Father Christmas, but even he is pretty different than than Santa Claus. Wildly different. But I think what we did is we took aspects of a lot of these different people and we were just like, let's just put them in a fucking red suit, make him fat, give him a white beard, and have him shove his ass down a chimney. And then we coddled the children. Did you ever know, like, a kid when you were growing up that ever actually got coal in their stocking? No. I mean, there are kids that I hoped I would come back, and I'd be like, did that motherfucker get coal? I hope that yeah. motherfucker got coal. But that was the thing, was they, they never did it. Like, no. That was the you got one... got nothing sometimes. If your kid pissed you off, like, the five days before Christmas... That was your chance to just be like, maybe I show this little fucker. Okay. Maybe I just give him coal. In, in theory, yes. I like I like being able to have a counterpoint to this. Because were I not to have a child, I would fully agree with you. It's not just about the... It's almost like, like doing something that you're excited for your kid to do yeah. or like to see. It's almost like part of it's for you. As selfish as that is. Like if I like get my kid something really cool part of me or he gets into something that like is I like or something that I got him that to me is a win for me I'm like I picked the winner and that's and he likes this so man yeah I because I've even had him be a little asshole on like the day of his birthday Mm -hmm. and you're sitting there and it's the threat of we can cancel your party you're not picking up that fucking phone and like sending everybody back and everything. You're just hoping that your kid stops acting like an asshole. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. And you just fucking got to like take them and talk to them every hour about it. But trying to take like the gift, because like you usually give it a lot of thought and everything, but man, that's hard to do. They'd have to be really an asshole to, you might do the gift later on Christmas day and be Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you know what? Santa stopped by. Him and I he had said, a talk. Yep, and I told him that we we have an understanding that you're going to start being good. He said he didn't want to do this he, for yeah, you. This I had is to me. talk. Yeah, this is me talking to Santa, and I said, Santa, listen, here's what we're going to do. You're going to loan us this, <laughs> and at any point, he's not being good. I'll go ahead and call you. You can pick it right up. Deal. And Santa said, Deal. And I look at him. I say, You owe me one. <laughs> Would that be just the most, it sounds fucked up when I think about it, but it sounds like it would be extremely funny too. Like all the presents that require batteries, mm-hmm. like you just give them every single thing that requires batteries. They're just like, oh no, I think Santa forgot your batteries. We don't have any in the house. You're not going to be able to play with any of this stuff. And then be like, oh, maybe he put them in your stocking. Go check your stocking. And he walks over there and it's just fucking coal in his stocking. He's like, yep. <laughs> Guess we're going to have to wait to go get some batteries. Like, you can't play this. Everything's closed on Christmas. At, at this point, too, kids don't even know that's a thing anymore. It's n- it's not coal anymore. I don't know what it is, but, like, any Christmas, like, kids shit that I've had to watch, it's never about, like, coal. And it's almost not even really. It tries to shy away a little bit from, like, a ton of fucking presents to set, you know, unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. But, like, even that is kind of getting pushed to the wayside. So... I guess, like, you know, traditions do have to change, but it's just so crazy how our traditions, they're just, eh, they're kind of vanilla compared to the rest of the world, which has, like, fucking cool characters and, like, cool, like, stories behind them. And, frankly, some of it can terrify children, which maybe that's where we also went wrong. Is like you said, we kind of, like, 
we neutered Santa. Yeah, it's. I'm glad that we're kind of getting away from the commercialized Christmas. It's not getting away from it because it almost feels like it's being commercialized in other ways. But as far as like you're talking about with kids' movies where they're not focusing on presents and all that kind of stuff as much, that's great to hear because you want to try to teach like the core tenets of Christmas, which not being a very big Christmas <laughs> guy, I mean, it's being around family, being nice to each other, like seeing somebody who may have less than you and you try to help them out. Like it's it's more about the giving of the season. I didn't the know season. there were four tenets of Christmas. Huh? I didn't know there were four tenets of Christmas. Core. I didn't know there were four Oh, core, C O R. They said four, four core tenets. No, okay, gotcha. <clears throat> well, I didn't know there were core tenets of Christmas. Essentially, set set rules. You don't think that there are? Just like be nice to oh, other like people. Unspoken, like unspoken agreements about Christmas. Yeah, of course they changes you. It's it's insane how those tenets change as you like get older. Like you go from being a kid, and it's just like about when do you think you really realize that like. I mean, I guess it depends on how you're raised when it's not Santa. And then there's probably a space there where after you realize that there's no Santa, you probably don't revisit those previous Christmases for a while to realize that it was never a Santa. It's not like there, you, as soon as you found out there was no Santa, there's no more presents from Santa going forward and all those other ones still existed. When do you like think, I know we're kind of going off the rails on this, but it's all Christmas talk. So yeah, we're going to, we'll okay, we're doing we it. Won't. <clears throat> Sorry. When do you think, as a kid, for you, when you realized there was no Santa Claus, what do you think that gap was until you realized that, like, you kept getting presents and stuff, and even the ones you got in the past, you're like, oh, this was always my parents. And, like, realize what that probably took for them to do that kind of stuff. Well, we, our Christmas setup, I've come to learn through relationships and friendships. I We just always do Christmas weird. Because our tradition on Christmas is we open all the presents from family on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And then we have to wait till Chris or till Santa shows up. And then we just have Santa presents on Christmas. Okay. So when you're talking when you were younger, hey, even still today. Okay. Like it, it's just a separation. <clears throat> when we knew that Santa wasn't real, that was just how we did things. Like okay. our parents would still go down and set up shit. At night, and then we just come down in the morning. And so the the Santa thing, even though they knew Santa wasn't real, it became a tradition, regardless yeah. of what it was. It was just a, a funny wink, wink thing. And that to <clears throat> me seems more of what Christmas should be is not necessarily the gift giving, but just the the traditions that you keep kind of following. And it's almost more of like a feeling of familiarity with the holiday than it is about really anything else. Yeah, mine. Mine has changed a a lot over the years. And it's weird how, like, present you are during certain years with, like, family for Christmas and everything. Mm -hmm. And I have years where, like, I was, like, there. But I was was just like, when can I fucking get out of here? And it was just like, okay, came, I visited, I saw of you, like, I'm going back. Like, even the, the hour drive and everything. And then, you know, time now where it's, it's not even about, like, me. Like, Christmas is all about the kid. So, like, we have... Well, it's not even just about your kid. It's about your kid, your dad. Well, what I'm saying is it's about the kid and 
were basically a shuttle service for the kid to get him to different Christmas destinations, which is great because he gets to go have fun at all these different houses and places. Uh-huh. But it's like for like mom and dad, it's just a series of trips and like gas and yeah. getting on the road and making sure we get places. So it's also though being the shuttle service, you're continuing the bridge of his childhood with oh, yeah. your dad. And, and I'm not saying any of this. This is like tongue in cheek. Like I'm not saying yeah. any of this. This is just like, oh, ha, ha, ha. like I'm not complaining. I'm just kind of saying like, that's the primary focus. I still love going and seeing, you know, we go in uh, Christmas Eve is going to be at our house this year. It's usually, I think at Katie's mom's, but it's our house this year. And so, her brother and sister, mom, her sister, all of those people, yeah. not cousins or anything. We all just are going to meet at our house and do opening presents there. Thankfully, I don't have to travel anywhere there. And then the morning after, we'll drive the hour. And That's go kind see of my a nice dad. split then. Yeah, it's not bad. Everybody gets involved. Everybody's and the, in the hol- mix. And the holiday weekend is always longer because like, I feel like having to go visit on the weekends, one full day is dedicated to that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to drive an hour just to spend two hours someplace and then drive an hour back. But I like that. Like I do it now, like for him too, because it's fun for him to do. It's just weird. What I'm getting at basically is how it just like evolves. Like you're kind of how you view the holiday itself. Yeah. I, I view it more now as like, it, there, it's a weird realization when you come to grips with like Christmas just not being about you anymore. Uh-huh. And then once you finally battle with that long enough, and then you're like, oh, well, this is just more time to spend with my family. My family's getting older. You kind of feel like there's less togetherness. So those less times. Less the binds. Yeah. Like meetings and yeah. So the more time that you get to spend with the people that you care about and just kind of. It, even though it's still not necessarily about you because you'll potentially still have a lot of Christmases, mm-hmm. but there may not be a lot of other Christmases for somebody yeah. else. So it's almost like it's more for them and being family close with oh, them yeah. to make them enjoy however many they have left. Mm-hmm. That is, that's something to think about too. Like kind of like you're saying, not only is it about like us doing something for like our kid, but also, like, how much, like, my dad and, you know, my stepmom and enjoy seeing him and, like, oh, yeah. fucking spoiling him and everything like that. Yeah, being a it's grandparent a sounds... Time of year. <laughs> being a grandparent sounds pretty awesome. I, I can't I, imagine the it, steps it's, getting there. It's, it's fun, but you have no idea how hard grandparents can make it to be a parent. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm sure, because if you say no 50 times and they say yes once. Yeah, there's there's no um, there's no rules with them. There's no there's no restraints. They've earned that, though. I'm not saying they haven't, because I'm going to do the it exact same thing, like, you. looking forward in the future, you know, if, if we get to that point. I'm going to do the exact same thing if I have grandkids, yeah. because I'm going to know that that's my job. That's my role. I It's not even to pay it forward in like a gratitude type way. It's like, oh, yeah, it's the it's the job of the grandparent to say yes to everything and let the parent deal, deal with mm-hmm. the fallout. You had to say no enough times in your life to where now that time is over. I don't. Yeah, I have no obligation <laughs> to say no. It's not. Yeah. I have disposable income. I'm retired. (laughs) 
I got nothing but time and money to buy kids shit. All right, so kind of actually getting to, I guess, what's going to now be the the main meat of our episode is going to be different um, folklore is what I was trying to figure out. That's the word. Folklore. Yeah, That's I swear like the, to God we used both of those words and never put them together. Maybe. We used lore enough that it should have clicked. Folklore. Okay. Different folklore from different parts of the world that had inspirations or, I guess iterations of like Santa Claus and yeah to me it's just fun shit like this is it's so cool to learn about other cultures and we spend a little bit of time beginning talking about how it is for us and how we feel this is completely different in these other sections of the world where it's less of a like we spent time talking about family shit. Mm-hmm. These people, it was not only families, but it was like the community. It was everybody in the area, all the celebrations that happen, the the parades and everything like that. There's such a sense of community in both of these stories, and it's just so awesome. Well, this is what I was texting you about when I was like, when I travel, like, if I ever go to any of these, like, places like Scandinavia, Norwegian type countries, things like that, or, like, even countries in Europe that have these crazy, like stories and like celebrations it's got to be traveling at, at christmas that just to experience what that that's like around there yeah yeah i christmas i would probably say is the ultimate one everywhere but how cool would like carnival be yeah and even to a lesser extent in this country like fat tuesday down in uh, mardi gras down in louisiana that shit's got to be awesome yeah you're talking like south oh. america gulf area of course they're going to have fucking awesome warm weather like holidays I'm well, talking then, about like Christmas, like snowy shit. Oktoberfest in Germany? Yes. Gotta all, be sweet. All great. I'm not, listen, I'm not pigeonholing us for where we're going to take these hypothetical imaginary trips. Uh, we just don't have that. No. We we don't have any like fun months or anything like that that happens because we, we got are so July. We yeah, fucking okay. make the sky explode. One day where we actually try to set God on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Is it getting hot up there, Lord? <laughs> yeah, we're still down here. Just want mm-hmm. you to know, maybe send some good shit our way. Maybe stop making it so fucking hot and dry. In case you forgot, all the fires around the country that's the best. We killed a lot of people for this day. Can mm-hmm. you just maybe give us a little bit of gratitude back? Okay. Where, which do we want to start with? We want to start, start with... The, which one do you think is the most interesting? Let's save that one for the... Yeah, but probably the the second one on the board there, Sinterklaas or Sinterklaas and his buddy Black Pete can probably go second because okay. I feel like that's going to be a lot more conversation. Okay, so how do we pronounce that? Grilla, 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 and the Yule Lads, an Icelandic tale of folklore that, to me, it, when I texted you and I said we don't threaten kids enough, mm-hmm. this is what I'm talking about. I know this is the shit that I love, and I. Love Sinterklaas and everything for different reasons. This is Christmas steaks. This is good and bad steaks. Like Mm -hmm. Santa, it's like you're going to get coal. So like that's the thing is you're going to get nothing. You're going to get a rotten potato in your shoe. That's that's all you're – you're not any worse. You're just not gaining anything. So Uh that was your punishment if you were an asshole. What are our punishments if we're assholes with Gorilla and the Yule Lads? (laughs) So Gorilla – was mentioned 
in the 13th century as a part of Norse mythology. Like it was something called the Prose Edda that was just like a collection of stories mm. from Norse legend, folklore, folklore. Yeah, and she didn't. She wasn't really associated with Christmas until the 17th century. So she had like 400 years in folklore where it was like she was a large Build, troll. She was building a resume. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like mm-hmm. you were talking about with Santa Claus. Like if he had a sweet origin story, yep. Grilla's story in the beginning was just she her start, being She's starting the mailroom. She's working her <laughs> way up. So once Grilla comes to fame in the, the Christmas time culture in Iceland, they start to use her, and she has um, 13 children. Her husband, Lepilu, I, I'm not even going to try to say it. She had a husband. He was a lazy piece of shit. They had 13 children together, so they had 13 little trolls that they were called Yule Lads. The Yule Lads, to me, just reading over them, just to give you kind of a, a brief synopsis of all 13 of the Yule Lads, every one of them has like a different mischievous thing that they kind of... So like Seven Dwarfs type shit. Sleepy, yeah, dopey. And that's that's honestly what a lot of these are. So um, one of the first one is... And these happen over 13 days that these Yule Lads come down from... Uh, Grilla's cave. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because she lives on the side of a volcano. Yeah, she. Th- there's old Icelandic stories that were written down. Um, there was one that I listened to. Very cool story. It was about a brother and sister that end up getting trapped by Grilla, and they escape. They escape in a crack in the cave. They realize it's getting hotter and hotter. And then as soon as they pop out, they realize that they're in lava fields. And Mm -hmm. it was the volcanic mountain that was right near their village. So she lives on the side of a mountain. Turns out she lives on the side of a volcano. And her children come down one by one. This starts December 12th every year. First guy that comes down. um, Wait, so it's okay. So, but it's based. This is interesting. Because I, when I was researching this kind of stuff, I found there was a lot of like, uh, a lot of it was in December, but there was a lot of stuff between different, like, no, this happens December 6th, because yeah. it also was something with, of course, it's all based on solstices and that kind of stuff. Like, Because most of these were adapted. The Sinterklaas was adapted from paganism. Okay. So, so you're going to have winter solstice instead of the day Jesus is born. But what I'm saying is, so for the Grilla, we're getting some type of... Uh, some type of like cohesion with like the 25th of December now. A little bit 12, is what okay. it feels like. Okay. And I think Christianity had probably made it to Iceland pretty well at this point because it's, I mean, we talked about this in the Viking episode, mm-hmm. but once the Vikings took over England and they kind of pushed Christianity onto yeah. the Viking culture, then it was brought back to Iceland. The flip side of that, which would lead to the same result would be if it was one of those things where it was previously an established day of celebration was January tw- or uh, sorry, December 25th. And then Christianity molded with that to make it palatable. Be like our holiday also falls on that and it celebrates mm-hmm. this, which you will now celebrate. Yeah, spoiler alert for American Christmas lovers. Uh, We don't know when Jesus was born, and it's just a nice rough guesstimate that he was born in December on the 25th. That's not fact. We we don't have any sort of record of that or anything like that. He could have been born in fucking March, but they use it as a holiday around a pagan winter solstice in order to draw the pagans into Christianity. 
spoonful of medicine yep. makes it, it go down. Always happens that way. Or so that, that's not how it goes. A spoonful of medicine makes no. It's a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. This feels like a spoon in the butt. It had sugar on it. Yeah. Um. So these fellas start kicking off right around December twelfth is when the first comes down. Uh, first guy is sheep caught clawed, and he harasses sheep, sheep but is caught clawed. Sheep caught clawed. Okay. He harasses sheep, but is impaired by a stiff peg leg. Kind of funny, a little bit gross. Uh, second one comes down December thirteenth. His name's Gully Gawk. What? Really quick. What are they? Are they just coming down like to like scout to fuck with the people in the village? Okay. Do they fuck with like? Do you start getting fucked with if you're like one of the on like the good list? No, if you've done bad things, if you were a naughty, mischievous person or a kid, they so would come down. So you can start getting fucked with like twelve days before like the main event, v- very Ooh. early. This is psychologically, yeah, very interesting. So Gully Gawk comes down on the thirteenth. He hides in gullies, obviously Gully Gawk, and he waits for the opportunity to sneak into a cow shed and steal milk. So they're coming down to rob your cows of the milk. Stubby comes down on the 14th. We have no milk because of you, Jan. <laughs> because you're a naughty boy. Milk is gone. Not that your dad got shit-faced and went out and just milked the hell out of the cow the night before. There's a lot of these uh, when you hear them. Like, uh, Stubby, 14th, kind of a pass. But the next one, December 15th, Spoon Licker. He steals and licks wooden spoons and is extremely thin due to malnourishment. So, basically parents would use spoon liquor as a way to tell kids that they needed to clean off their plates and to lick their spoons clean and to put their dishes away because if they didn't put their dishes away, spoon liquor was coming down to lick all your stuff. You sometimes answer questions as I'm having them in my head. And that was a, how many of these are going to be, are going to just happen to coincide with something the parents are trying to do to like fuck with their kids, get them to do something. Oh yeah. And that's, that's what most of these are. Following Spoon Liquor, you got Pot Scraper. He steals the leftovers from pot. So if you don't eat all your food, it's going to go to a guy named Pot Scraper that's coming down to we terrorize you. We have no you. food now, young Pot Scraper took it all, <laughs> you bastard. Bowl Liquor on the 17th hides under beds waiting for someone to put down their bowl. Uh, and One of these, the fucking Charlie and the Chocolate Factory people just living in one bed. And just like sitting, you know what? That's really rude to say because thinking back on a time when I would be eating cereal in bed and turn and set a bowl down because I didn't have a bed frame. Yeah, okay. And yeah. It, it, it's not going directly out into the sink, too. There was, it may there be was a day no or room, two before but in tr- my defense, there was no room for bowl liquor because my bed sat on the ground. <laughs> well, and even setting it down anywhere, if it's not going directly back into the kitchen to be cleaned, it might sit around <laughs> for a day or two. So you're trying to teach your kids to put your shit away immediately. Um, door slammer comes on the 18th. He likes to slam doors, especially during the night to wake people up and to cause mischief. So if you're a kid that gets mad at your parents and slams your bedroom door, anything like that, you're going to be terrorized by a little Yule lad that comes down and slams the door in the middle of the night to scare the shit out of you. Trying to do math in my head right now to figure out psychologically how much of a foothold Santa Claus has in my child's head right now. You think you could bait and switch him into this? Yeah, what I'm thinking is each of these is sounding like something that would be much more proactive in the shaping of a a child's manners. Um, I might have to try to fit Grilla and the Yule Lads as like, 
I, I I'm trying to think here. Like, is a spinoff of of Christmas? I just uh, a Christmas book to read to him. I bet I could go on Amazon and find a Greenland. Oh, I guarantee you could. This Icelandic culture right, is so this in a second. Yeah. So deep into that. I feel like you're going to keep getting better too. Uh, yeah, some of these get a little weird. Uh, December nineteenth, Skier Gobbler comes down and Skier Gobbler. Skier. <laughs> <laughs> If you think that's bad, the next one's really going to get you. Skier is like an Icelandic yogurt. Okay. So I, I'm not really sure where that would fit into something don't for children. Don't waste your good yogurt. Yeah, like don't don't put your yogurt down because Skier Gobbler will eat it. Uh, December 20th, this guy could be in most pride parades probably, but his name is Sausage Swiper. <laughs> <laughs> he hides in the rafters. It's, I, it's self-explanatory. <laughs> you don't need to tell me what he does. This one could be, though, because it says he hides in the rafters and he snatches sausage that are being smoked. So maybe if your kid, because in Iceland they have to smoke most of their meats because they have to try to preserve them for the long winter times and all that. So maybe there are kids that sneak into the smokehouse and try to steal the sausages before they're done, something like that. Yeah, if you open the door at all. If you've ever opened the door of that smokehouse. So maybe that's where that comes in. Um, Probably the most perverted of the Yule Lads, Window Peeper. Uh, he's a snoop who looks through windows and search things to again, steal. Again, self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, probably for children to be like, hey, maybe don't go peeking in the neighbor's windows. Don't be a little pervert. Uh, doorway sniffer. Not really <laughs> sure where this one falls in. <laughs> he has abnormally large nose and a cute sense of smell, which he uses to locate leaf bread. So yeah. well, I, I thought it was going to be like to find like crusty socks or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> they might not have had socks back then. What would they have had? I think they had stockings. Yeah. Socks, stockings. Uh, meat hook comes on the 23rd, and he used the hook to steal meat. And then we round out with just the most basic one, candle stealer. He follows children in order to steal their candles that were once made of tallow, which tallow is beef fat. I'm going to I'm gonna pose you a counter-argument to this teaching. It does teach a lesson to the kids, but think what this might be is this might be an excuse for parents to kind of go a little wild around the holidays on food because what it sounds like is you know yes they could leave the food there if the kids are being good but if those parents get a little hungry have a little too much mead get get them you know you get those drunk hungers and who knows what they're you know this is scandinavia they're yeah smoking leaves to odin and everything but like imagine around the this time of year you start wanting to put on a little bit of weight. It's cold outside. You want to eat a little bit more. You're still working hard. You need more calories. <laughs> I think this kind of stuff is just to explain why the parents are eating this shit at night. Like, oh, sausage stealer must have fucking shown up. That's why we don't have any more sausage. He's like, but we're hungry. <laughs> you fuckers, this is your fault. Drunk dad slams the door like door slammer in the middle He's of like the night. He's like one of them like mead stealer. Yeah. Or like beer swiper. Well, it, too, you wake Weed up. Smoker. The, you wake up the next morning, and Dad just hung over his shit, and the tallow beef fat candle is half eaten. Your wife comes <laughs> yeah, in, you're like, "What happened last night?" He's like, "Man, I don't know. I it looked good. We're getting and it so smelled. close to Christmas. Yeah. I, go, I start blacking out when we get this close. The candle smelled like beef. Okay, so oh, I ate it. Oh my god, we've already gone through all our sausage. We've already gone through. <laughs> Meat hook's been here. Okay, so what was the like third and second and everything? Did you get through them all? Yeah, th- that was all 13 of them. Okay. Um, on the flip side of all this mischievousness and the bad shit that they did, 
they would also leave small gifts in children's shoes. I'm not sure what the infatuation in both of these stories is with shoes because it seems like that is always what is left out. Um, they would leave gifts in shoes. They would leave gifts on windowsills. And it was just like little things every night. So I'm sure the kids that weren't shitheads probably mm-hmm. got these little gifts. Like their doors probably weren't getting slammed. But the next day when door slammer was supposed to come, there was something like maybe sitting in the door. I'm guessing that... There were some pretty. There were probably some pretty well behaved. I mean, we're going to get more into like Grilla, and that's going to explain some stuff too. But I think that this system was set up for maximum effectiveness in a very short period of time. You go through one year of this of your kid being an asshole. I don't think your kid makes it the full thirteen days before they have a, a an epiphany of an like, attitude yeah, change. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think it. that what this is made for is like, hey. We're going to go a little extreme, but we're going to knock out this naughty shit real fucking early. And maybe that's why some of them towards the end kind of seem like they mellowed out. Like door sniffer probably wasn't a, a big, as big a threat as like pot liquor or anything like that. I'm trying to figure out what, what's up with door sniffer. Like, what could that be? <laughs> like, help me, help me, like, help me connect the dots here. Hand sniffer and door sniffer probably no, have it's to not be in the that. same It's got to be something right? about being like unclean. Or like piss in your bed, and it could, or something like that. Like quit pissing your fucking bed, door sniffer. Bedwetter could have been a, a great replacement for that, though. I could think of a few of them. Like pants shitter would be a very funny one. Maybe that's door sniffer. Door outhouse. Shit. Oh yeah, yeah, could be. Okay, so know. tell me, tell me about Grilla. Tell me, you've you've given me a, fif, a fifteen course meal. Or appetizers, platter. Give me the main dish. Grilla was a is. I, I'm just gonna go with is because if we're gonna follow the whole Christmas tradition of like this shit being real here, this is real over here too. I would much rather believe in this than like the stuff that we get. This fed. is this is, this is longer fun. standing. This has precedence. Yeah. Okay. This is yeah. as real. Yeah. This is as real as anything else. Um. So Grilla. Is a she lives in the side of a volcano. There are actual volcanoes. Yeah. Our guy lives at the fucking North, North Pole. Pole in a village with elves that work all the time and build all the electronic shit. That Slave they, labor. Yes. Just uh, Come disgusting. On. At, at story. least she's living in a cave in a volcano. I mean, there's caves in volcanoes. Yeah, it's she's a a fun lady. Um, as a giant troll herself, she has a a huge nose. She has giant boils all over her face. Very just a homely looking woman. And her favorite meal is a soup made of the flesh of naughty children, mm. which any way mm. that you could think of eating a, a person probably soups, soups gross. Ooh, when do they serve that at the Olive Garden? <laughs> Never ending <laughs> soup and pasta. <laughs> There's a lot of asshole kids out there. They could probably, yeah, she she could go on forever and ever. And supposedly her deal is that she could smell the children's naughtiness mm-hmm. from her perch atop the volcano and then would come down at night into this town. Like if my if my 13 Yule lads, which that's got to be the name of like a fucking soccer firm, right? Like the ones that fight, the um the lads. Yeah, what am what am I th- hooligans. Hooligans. We just fucking talked about this. <laughs> Um, yeah, the Yule lads, especially being in that part, there's got to be a group of, okay, if not, and there's anyone here 
who also happens to be in a firm, maybe change your firm, uh, form your own, change put it the to name. A vote. Yeah, put it to a vote. Okay, anyway. So her deal seems to be, you know, she eats the flesh of naughty kids. She's got a fucking cat who apparently eats people. Oh, so yeah, this is one of the other things. I completely forgot about this, but talk about a lesson. So the Yule Cat eats people who didn't get new clothes to wear before Christmas. So Christmas Eve, you're usually getting your clothes. What would a kid bitch about more than anything is a gift? Well, what did you, what did you bitch about that you would get from your grandma? Fucking socks. Fucking underwear and so- socks, yeah. underwear, a fucking sweatshirt that you'll never fucking wear because it's a god-awful color or yeah, the you, is horrible. You can't play with any of those things, so you're probably going to bitch about it. I truly think that the Yule Cat was installed for every one of those kids that like didn't want to get clothing for Christmas. They're like, well, I bought you clothing this year. If you're not wearing it before Christmas, all of a sudden your ass is going to get attacked by the Yule Cat and then dragged back up to Grilla. That You know how long it took me to stitch this out of animal fucking hide? Yeah, I, they made all these clothes. Like, there wasn't, you couldn't go to, like, Shopco and Your pick shit, shit up. Your old shit is stiff as a fucking board, and it doesn't fit you. Mm-mm. I like it. I like it. No. Fine, wear it. See what happens when the fucking cat shows up. <laughs> yeah, I like the, the addition I'm changing, the I'm changing. The addition of the cat mm-hmm. seems like it was a very pointed message to just be happy with whatever you get. The stakes keep getting raised. This is genius. It's all of the guys leading up to it, and like by the if there was a kid who got to all got through all the Yule lads, and there was I don't think there was a kid that played chicken enough to get to the cat. Just a, a that gauntlet. kid. That kid was sitting there on the night the cat was supposed to show up, wearing his new shit, uh, and with a smile on his goddamn face, going through the checklist in their mind of everything that Grilla could come down and get them for that they just wish that they hadn't done, but they wanted to atone for it. So Grilla sweeps through the town. Um, in this story that I had read, it was a, a naughty brother who was basically given up by his sister, and he ends up seeing uh, window peeper in the night peeping through his window. So he knew that he had really fucked up and done something bad. Tells his sister. Wait, hey. So if window peeper was looking through his window, do, does that mean he had peeped on people? Cause it seems like the, what you're doing is the one that's going to find you. So maybe he was a peeper that it, it sounded in the story. Like he had just been mean to his sister. So it didn't sound like he, he was a on his sister. They live in the same room. But, they were so scared that night that his sister just tells him like, Hey, we got to be quiet because Grilla can hear us. And if she hears us, she's going to be able to smell us. And if she's able to smell us, she's going to take us night comes soups on. Yep. Soups on night comes kid swings his legs out of the bed because he hears door slammer who had shown back up with Grilla goes to check that out. And Grilla's long, serpentine tongue shoots out from underneath his bed, wraps around both of his ankles, sucks him under the bed. Sister tries to save him. They try to run away out to the smokehouse to be safe out there. Wait, All, so she gets him out from underneath the she bed? She yanks him out of Grilla's tongue, which, a fantastical story. Um, just uh, the way that she kind of works as, like, the monster under the bed at the same kind of time. Mm-hmm. You're already probably freaked out about that. I'm sure monsters under the She's bed have been a thing. Yeah. Monsters under the bed have probably been a thing since beds were invented, right? Oh, yeah. 
So, well, like, think of it. Like, there were always, like, rats under the floorboards and making those noises, and you would associate it. Like, mm-hmm. well, I guess I can't really say, like, there's cartoons like Monsters, Inc., but my kid doesn't like sleeping with his closet open, and I don't know where that came from. And I was like, why not? He's like, Monsters. And I was like, yeah, there, there's nothing. Like, I don't know where. But I've also probably watched some questionable stuff in front of my child. I don't or think. Or I'd allow my child to watch some more adult skewed cartoons and you probably should so yeah it makes sense okay I'm, I'm figuring this out as i talk about it do you still have any of that like do you ever sometimes when i'm at night and i've partaken in the smoke quite a bit there will be a little bit of paranoia that's in like if i have to walk back out to the kitchen to fill up my water or mm-hmm. something like that i'll kind of start to feel like eh, this is a little bit shady not in a monster sense, but a, yeah, I I get that. Like Somebody's if, if peeking the house, in the window that I don't know. Yeah, or if the house makes a noise that it normally, you know, you know it makes a different noise sometimes or something clicks on yeah. that normally doesn't click on. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like when I have my uh, fireplace turned on, after I turn it off, it does that popping thing where the metal is kind of, you know. The, cooling again. It's cooling mm-hmm. down and everything. So it'll make those popping noises. Sometimes it'll make them for 10 minutes. Sometimes it'll be 25 minutes. And so yeah. I'll be upstairs and all of a sudden I'll get a big pop. I'll be like, was that, that was, and I'll fucking walk downstairs. You just, sometimes you got to try to rationalize that shit in your mind. Yeah. So I I don't think that that ever leaves you. And that's that childlike fear of having something that you don't know going on inside of your house. Mm. So, so they they run to the smokehouse. Grilla ends up capturing both of them. Um, and when the sister wakes up, she wakes up in like a spidery, sticky sack that is super big because Greel is giant, so it's a giant sack. Mm-hmm. The threads are big enough to where the girl can grab them. She looks out. She doesn't see anything to her left. She looks to the right. She sees a big-ass pot that's sitting there boiling away. She looks over to see Grilla at the cutting board. As Grilla reaches down, she pulls out a sack, and she thinks, oh, no, maybe that's my brother. Sure enough, Grilla opens up the sack, and it's her brother and her brother's naughty best friend that he had been hanging out with. Luckily, the brother is spared and put back in the bag. The other kid, literally, this is a like a kid's book, gets chopped up on the cutting board right in front of the girl. Like, And it described it in decent detail. I don't know if that was just for the... The audio book or what, but it was... It's the effectiveness. Yeah, very effective. And... Girl ends up getting out of the sack, obviously goes and saves her brother. Grilla sees what's going on, tries to catch them. They no, escape out. No. Uh, just a, an ultimate, like, child scary story that was, I'm sure, very effective. So is it like they get away, they get back, and then they're good for the rest of the Always, always, always good, good children after that. Okay. They tell all of their friends that this is real. They get back to town. The kid's missing. They got chopped up. See that, and the brilliance of that. And I'm, you know, I'm not pro cooking children. No, I, what I'm saying is the brilliance of that is it has the stakes of the characters having a redeemable path. The brother and the sister survive, but the other little fucker he dies. So you do know that it happens. It's real, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. right. then other, because then if you think about that, kids, I'm like, it seemed pretty easy to get away from Grilla. I mean. Yeah. Not all of us. Yeah, no kidding. So that sort of wraps up Grail and the U lads. I just, I, when we talk about in the beginning, like talking about where this mythology and where this folklore comes from, 
I wonder what Christmas would look like if we embraced the Native American culture. Like, I wonder... Because they would have to have something, too. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, man. I think... You know what I think the whole thing with... Okay, so the one we adopted was one that was more... English. I'm trying to think of the... Yeah, what I'm trying to think of the word... um, when people were more settled, had like settlements and stuff where he could come to a home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because that's how our country was set up where, you know, we had cities and homes and everything like that, that that's part of why we took the part of like Father Christmas, St. Nicholas and everything, like being able to come around and give gifts. I think that's why that one was, was kind of used and copied more so. And maybe us bringing it from our homeland, it just would be split and divided. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you have something already kind of precedence already set or some folklore already in place, you might change it and adapt it a little bit like that. But you're not going to skew so far away from it that you go and adopt what maybe the Native Americans were doing. At that point, they wouldn't listen anyway, even if they have the coolest fucking thing. Yeah, it just seems like it would be more magical. I don't know. I guess maybe people do buy into... Here, here's the other now. thing. Here's the other thing too, is these kind of only pop up if we're thinking about it from like an actual like I'm thinking about it more logically. Winter was probably a time in which survival was pretty much the primary thing. People were dying of you know freezing and food oh, yeah. shortage and everything. So I think that the whole idea of like uh, an incentivized creature Christmas type celebration thing only happened when there was a Highly like high likelihood of like survival. There wasn't a lot of worry about survival. They had more time to burn when it was. It was like something to celebrate when it was cold outside to do. Yeah, but probably when, when hope was at its darkest too. Yeah. So Santa Claus, which wow, we didn't get far from that, did we? What Santa Claus? It, it was. We didn't even try to like get far from that for ours. Santa Claus, Santa Claus, look, come on. Oh, you mean now and... Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we're talking about, again, like we were sort of talking about with the... uh, with Christianity sneaking into Iceland and all that, uh, the Netherlands and Denmark and these areas where this takes place, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all pretty religious there, too, and Santa Claus himself is based on St. Nicholas. Okay. So the patron saint of children uh, just... I don't know what that means. It was I'm sure it's it, cool. It was an easy sell. It was easy to transition to make. Like we're going to make the guy that's now going to be in charge of judging the kids is going to be the patron saint of children. But but what was he? Was he real? Like it was Saint Nicholas actually a dude? I don't know. It depends on who you ask. It's like saying, "Is Jesus real? Was Jesus a real guy?" I, yeah, I, I guess he would have had to have been, but. As the patron saint of children, um, Sinterklaas Fest, Sinterklaas Feast, is celebrated on December 6th. So, like we were talking about, the timeline's a little bit different. And when he's celebrated, it's so much more of like a cultural, like you're just there in the community. You, You have a very big feast. You take care of the poor in your community. You make sure that they're fed. 
children get gifts. Anybody that's more vulnerable is sort of celebrated and taken care of that day. At the same time, it's a big-ass party. Like, you're dressing up in costumes, there's music, there's dancing, there's mead being poured. Does, does this still get kind of... I know it's not to this degree, of course, and everything, but does this still get more pageantry than Christmas does around here? Oh, I would imagine it would have to be. I mean, it, the way it all works, and we'll talk about it a little bit, but when Santa Claus and or when Santa Claus and Black Pete come to town, they ride in on a fucking steamboat. Like it's they're received by the people of the community. What if you're landlocked? You don't. You're like okay. <laughs> like, is it a flying steamboat? It's ha- it has to be a magic. It's well, it's obviously a fucking magical steamboat, right? Yeah, is there an explanation to this? Yeah, there was, and I it's just escaping me at this point. I don't remember how they did it, but they still even landlocked places okay. have the same deal. Um, sort of the downfall of Sinterklaas is his helper slave Black Pete. So part of Sinterklaas's lore is that he traveled down to Spain to bring oranges back to the children for. Gifts mm-hmm. and I guess oranges weren't that widely distributed yeah, yet. They were like a like a a rarity. Yeah, like a super special treat, which makes sense. I mean, we take so much of that stuff for granted because of our transportation oh, systems. Yeah. That like there were people that had no idea, like throughout their entire lifetimes, that there were such things as lemons and oranges. Right, and a a pineapple has to be a relatively new thing in a lot of places. God, can you imagine that? Yeah, it just the the burst of taste and flavor in your mouth it's like i've never fucking had anything like this before in my entire life do you think like oh uh, well diabetes wasn't really a problem back then <laughs> no. like, if you're eating so much fucking pineapple it's all natural sugars though don't you usually get diabetes from like sweeteners and other I chemicals i, I yeah know. not sure but as sinterklaas was down in spain he procures uh he acquires. Acquires, yeah. a financial Be- transaction. Better word. Uh, a gentleman named Black Pete. Now, Black Pete gets his name, I, the way that people try to pass it off as Black Pete is a soot-covered man who shimmies down the chimney for Santa Claus to drop off presents, do certain things in the house. Get down there, Pete. Yeah, he's he's his guy. Uh, Santa Claus flies in on a horse. Black Pete crawls up the side of the house, <laughs> a little bit different transportations. And Black Pete, sometimes there's one, um, other variations of them, there's like six to eight. There's just like more Black Peters than like a, a black on black gangbang. Are you talking about the number of Pete's? Yeah. So there's uh, multiple Black Pete's? In some renditions of it, like he'll the, be the, the one toy saw, maker. The one I saw. And the one that, like, the main one that pulls up if you search Black Pete, you might Wikipedia Black Pete, and that's the one that shows up. Is it? It's literally the most, like, the most white guy facial structure with just full black makeup. And, like, he wore really bright red lipstick or something. And he's almost dressed (laughs) in, like, uh, trying to think of how to describe it. Is it French? No, it's it's Spanish, I guess. But it's very, like, the puffy shoulders Mm -hmm. and, like, the kind of the big puffy hat and everything. But the whole point of, like, Black Pete that they went way fucking overboard with is they, like, he's completely black-faced. Like, there's not even, it's not, like, even soot. Like, you know how soot would smear on your face a little bit? Well, and the hands were black, too. Like, it was like you black-faced your entire body. I mean, it's soot. 
it's gonna get it. but the fact that it wasn't smears like you would get so yeah, like yeah, a yeah. chimney sweep like the fucking chimney sweep from mary poppins that guy was not blackface and he worked the goddamn chimneys all day <laughs> black pete looks like he swam in just soot yes I, the other striking features of him that make me think that there may be a little bit more behind this um bright red lipstick mm-hmm. to make the lips obviously look bigger and more of a large facial feature pop i think it was one popping pop, yeah one okay pop um gold hoop earrings that seems like we're, we may be leaning choice <laughs> yeah, interesting. Odd, odd costume odd, choice. Odd how you got there, and maybe this had <laughs> Explain something. Explain to me how you got there. <laughs> maybe this had something to do with the heat inside of chimneys, but uh, Black Pete also has a relatively large afro, which is hair indicative of a certain culture. I don't yeah, know what Spanish get, hair looks like. It doesn't get. I I've never been inside an active chimney before while I was going. I don't think it would be humid in there. There's not a lot of stuff to suggest humidity in there to really make a hair get frizzy in an unnatural way. I think I think we we get where you're. Listen, this is colonial. Wait, where is this stuff all based? Uh, the Netherlands. Countries that are not friendly Holland. to African Americans. Uh, they're, they're not in. They don't consider those people in high standing. And if I could just. Be honest for a second between me and you. And everyone listening to this. I, yeah, yeah, sure. You guys are all in on this. uh, The 23 people listening to this. Maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from with this. Um, I kind of love Black Pete. I, the, the outfit, terrible, terrible racism, Mm. disgusting, but he's kind of a cool dude. And his character seems like the guy that I would want to hang out with. Like, he sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. Oh, well, I'll, I'm willing to entertain your your, sell on, your pitch on this. I I wish that they could, and I think they have taken steps to make it a little bit more... They've uh, dialed it down to what it should be. He, I think Black Pete now is portrayed, essentially. It can be portrayed, the whole point that, like... So someone smudge is, is on the face, that's not the full whole thing that portrays being Black Pete. And so they have people of different nationalities playing back Black Pete. So they still have that kind of in there. Um, one thing that kind of made it mainstream about Black Pete that a lot of people might be able to remember is, I can't remember what season of The Office it was, but it's the one where Dwight dresses up. Like, You're not um, going to be able to find it now. Belschnickel. Oh, you can't? That's right. They took it down. Uh, you can YouTube it, probably. You think they'll have Yeah, because the... they don't have... Ah, I don't know, because they could just take it down for copyright. copyright. I bet enough of it gets uploaded enough, and before it gets taken down, you could probably find it if you search hard. But anyway... Um, Dwight dresses up like Belschnickel, which Belschnickel is an actual real. I think it's um, where Dwight's family is supposed to be from in Germany. It's a German event, Santa Claus, basically. Uh-huh. And the whole thing that Dwight does about like, what is it? It's, uh, were you impish or insulin? God, what? I can't remember what it was. Impish and... Anyway, he would smack you with like a bundle of reeds. Or you would get, like, a fucking nutcracker or something like that if you were good. I can't remember. It's going to kill me that I can't remember what the question it was. But anyway, the guy that worked for Dwight, like, as a building manager, I'm trying to remember what his name was. His brother? No, it wasn't. That's not who dressed up as Black Pete. It was the dude from the warehouse that worked down there. I'm trying to remember what his name was. That's not Craig Ferguson. No. Or... No, it's the guy Craig that Robinson. I'm trying... I can't remember his name. He's the guy that is in the office and he tries to be like, gum's gotten mint here lately. He's really socially awkward. 
He's not like a main character yeah. at all. Anyway, so he dresses up like Black Pete. And as soon as like he shows up or something like that, he like Dwight like shoes him away or something like that. But it gets yeah, it's gotten taken off. Like you can't stream it anymore for that that part they took out. But okay, sell me on sell me the the positives of Black Pete here. Now that I got Black Pete as it's looked at now as a sooty non national non specific national or race person, someone who's just a hard working chimney sweep. Yeah, he's an awesome dude. I this catchphrase thing is fucking killing me. What Dwight says, it's impish or something else. Fuck it, whatever. Um, impish or admirable? Yeah, that could be impish it. Impish or admirable? Because right. impish was bad. Admirable, admirable was good. So, like we said, um, Santa Claus rides in on a horse. Black Pete is the one that. Goes into the houses primarily. Um, they leave does them he, some fun does he stuff. Have a horse? Does he get a horse? Huh? I wouldn't imagine he would get a horse. No, Black Pete doesn't get a horse. He he's running on the ground. He's yeah, he's climbing that's, buildings. That's not. It's an unfortunate non surprise. Yeah. Um. So some of kind of the fun stuff that they do is like you said, they bring Santa Claus and Black Pete in on a steamboat from Madrid every single year. So they're always coming back from Spain. Um. You just said he comes in on a horse. When they ride into town. Oh. Oh, the steamboat shows up. Yeah, for their like a, gotcha. a big parade celebration. I like this idea of like a magical floating steamboat. Uh, like kind of cool. This, yeah. Kind of a sweet idea. Um, as they come in, Black Pete's in charge of throwing out candy and gingerbread cookies to all the kids and everybody that's sitting there waiting for them. So he's he's given immediately and he's doing the legwork. Santa Claus is taking all the pictures and kissing all the babies. He's He's Black Pete's feeding all the kids candy, getting them all juiced up and ready to go for the parties. Um, just like in Iceland, the kids leave their shoes out, and when they leave their shoes out by the fireplace, obviously, so it's the easiest to get to, make sure that they're there. Um, Sintra Claus and Black Pete Wait, fill them. Wait, explain the shoe thing. Is this a stocking type thing? No, like actual, like they would set their clogs, I'm assuming. Okay, what, what was the point of that? Right next to the fireplace, so they wouldn't be missed. What were they going to do with the clogs? They fill them with candy and presents. Okay. And did you say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Santa Claus, Black Pete, fill the kids' shoes up with candy and with toys, presents, all that kind of good stuff. So that was kind of like instead of having your tree, they would just look for the shoes. Gotcha. They'd fill the shoes up with things. Uh, some of the presents that are left out for uh, Santa Claus, he gets coffee and he gets poetry. I poetry. I'm not really sure what that move is. But it's just maybe parents doing an activity with their kids. There were some looking through. I don't know if any of I don't think any of them, <clears throat> sorry, any of them are up here. But did you see kind of the, what different uh, countries leave out for Santa? I didn't look and see. There were some baller ones that you can tell have definitely been like. Parents wanting a yes. nice snack. So uh, a couple of them like, uh, like the UK, Scotland, Ireland, in that area. They leave out Germany. They leave out beer. And then, like, some of them will leave out, like, cookies or something, some other things that are supposed to, like, provide, like, fuel for Santa Follicle, whoever. A lot of houses to but, go to needs a lot of sugar. But, yeah, it just, I'm gonna, that sounds like a, a customized parent move. Oh, yeah. Like, we get to leave out milk and cookies. Well, and the parents reap the benefits twice here. Do you think that's something that we're made fun of? Like... 
Americans, they can't even go a night without sweets. They make the Santa Claus leave out milk and cookies. No wonder Santa is so fat. He has to go through all those American houses. How does he get down the chimney? Oh, you silly Americans. But uh, Sinterklaas, coffee, poetry, that's what he gets. Uh, They leave out hay and carrots for Sinterklaas's horse. And this one is definitely apparent two for one on this. Do the kids write the poetry? Uh, I'm sure they do. The, the parents do something with poetry that's also very fun. Uh, we'll get to that here a little bit. But they also, uh, not to leave Black Pete out, they leave alcohol for Black Pete. So parents get coffees, they get poetry, which I'm sure they toss immediately, and they get alcohol. So Black Pete's you a guy that they're leaving the booze out for. I don't feel for. like and I'm imagining Black Pete. This is all real. He's a good time. No, he's a good time. But what I feel like is Black Pete doesn't get that beer or alcohol. I feel like this is a ploy by fucking Santa Claus here. And he's like, I don't want to come across as the bad guy, but <laughs> I'm pretty fucking lazy. And I probably do have a drinking problem. So, but hey, you don't get any of that. Pete's the fall guy yes. for, <laughs> yeah. for Santa Claus. He's out here working his fucking ass off. Just funny that. Parents come up twice because if you're not drinking the coffee, you're definitely drinking the booze, mm-hmm. and or both. I well, and there again, you wake up in the morning. Dad had too much, or Black Pete had a few too many. He stumbled mm-hmm. around the kitchen, broke a couple things. Black Pete was just looking for more booze. Oh yeah, that's what was happening. Yeah. Wasn't Dad? Wasn't the guy with the splitting was headache it, in it the wasn't corner? Center, God forbid it was Santa Claus. Nah, no. no, not a chance. He's um, hyper alert. He's drinking coffee the whole time. <laughs> So, I we kind of talked about how Black Pete is the one that heads down the chimney and leaves the presents. He's not, but also, what what's the name that he's known as? Uh, Zwarte Pete. Zwarte Pete. So, he gets a, a fun little um, Dutch name with Zwarte. Uh, what the parents do with poetry, and I truly, truly love this. This might be my favorite thing about the whole thing. So, Sinterklaas leaves poetry written for the children, and it is literally just the parents shitting on their kids for all the bad things that they had done during the year that Sinterklaas is had it's seen. It's like the Festivus airing of oh, Yes. I think this is sort of where Festivus kind of has its roots, because they write these notes, these poems from Sinterklaas about their children that are all just very mean, like, you, you were mean to me, or you were mean to your parents the other day, you were a dickhead, I saw that, I didn't appreciate that. Like, shape the fuck up or this didn't happen to next year. Yeah. What it also has to probably do is it's got to probably fuck with the kid's head and be like, oh, they notice everything. Like, he's always watching. Because, hey, like, kids will, kids will fuck around, and, like... One thing I've learned is, like, if a kid is focused on something, you can sit there and watch them do some dumb shit, and you could be standing within almost their field of vision and be watching them, and if they're just hyper-focused on it, they'll do it. Uh-huh. And so, like, No matter what comes out of your mouth, they've already made up their mind. Mm-hmm. That decision's already pre predetermined. I love, I love my child. I'm just... Anybody with children knows eh, that yeah. feeling. I get it. I, I don't have children, and I get it. Just the fact that the parents could do this under like the guise of Santa Claus is so funny to me that they could just be like, "I, I saw you fucking pee on your dad's uh, fucking bath towel the other day. Not cool, bro." Can you just imagine like the parents like if this is still a tradition, which I hope in some degree it might be, if the when the parents sit down at the table and they're just like, "Okay, what do they do this year?" 
And the parents just go back and forth. They're like, remember when that little fucker did this? And they're like, just balancing ideas yep. off of each other. And be like, okay, I'm forgetting what happened. What did he do to my favorite jacket? Oh yeah. Remember he burnt it. <laughs> and just try to remember all the fucking messed up shit they did the entire year. And they just get it off their chest. Like mm-hmm. the, the parents kind of get to wipe the slate clean and be like, they know that I know that Santa Claus knows what happened. Like this is a reinforcement of all the shit that I yelled at him about. Which now go eat your fucking candy. Great move. Yeah, uh, seems a little backwards because they're doing it like the kids are still usually probably getting something. But I wonder also if the amount of candy is dependent on correlated the contents with of the letter. The, so the kids like, why did I only get like half the amount of candies last year? Let us go to the letter. <laughs> Your poem's six pages long. Mm-hmm. That's why you only got four pieces of candy this year. Uh, Sinterklaas, very famous <laughs> you for... You were busy this year. <laughs> very famous for the, the oranges. Um, Mandarin oranges are traditionally always handed out to kids on Sinterklaas feast. Uh, speculose also, great taste on this, man. You know what speculose is? I don't. Cookie butter. So Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, cookie butter, mm-hmm. the... Uh, what the fuck? What's the brand of the cookies? Like Toll House? No. The stuff that they make cookie butter from. I don't know. It's, I don't know. What, I it's don't... red and gold packaging. Biscotti? Yeah, Biscoff. 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 The bis- oh, Biscoff cookies right. are what gets crushed up to make speculose. Okay. So a delicious treat on pretty much anything that you put along and on a spoon. Huh? I only eat them when I'm flying. Yeah. I don't fly that often, but that's, I guess, why it's such a treat. You're like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while, little friend. And you get to spread that on whatever you I'm want. I'm going to need water with this. Those kids are probably just, like, dunking their oranges in speculos. Just awesome gifts. So, Claus as a whole gets a thumbs up from me. I like it. I'm not crazy about what he does to Pete and no, what how he portrays Pete. But He's awesome, though. Pete, Pete's a great dude. Pete, is Pete the redeeming quality, then, in Sinterklaas? If it's just Sinterklaas, he's he's know. kind of a, a the he business do, man. Okay, here's here's how what I take out of this. I was thinking about this when you were describing it. Pete is basically Sam, Samwise. Yes, and yeah, Sinterklaas is Frodo. Yeah, Sinterklaas is doing some stuff, but like you really want to go back on it. Like Sinterklaas ain't making it far without without no, Pete. He, he's got the main goal in mind, and that's it. Sinterklaas without- wouldn't have made it far without Pete. Without Pete being there to head down those chimneys and bring him back up the coffee and the poetry mm-hmm. and the alcohol that he's got to toss up for. the booze first. I hope like Pete's I'll taking a for you. pull off of every I one of those. I spilled it. I'm sorry, Sinterklaas. <laughs> this is like the fifth house you spilled it at. I'm they sorry. went cheap on you. I'm this sorry. Year, man. I feel like more are going to keep getting spilled. <laughs> <laughs> they only left you half a bottle. Is weird. That's that's crazy. Okay. What, I feel like <laughs> what does Kelso say in the 70s show when he gives him the five pack of beer? He's like, yeah, store land five pack of beer. How crazy is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. What do you feel like are some like redeeming? Well, hold on a second. I, there were a couple other ones that I had pulled up some information on that just kind of getting back to like more like worldwide uh, folklore. There was a lot of like um, corporal punishment. It seemed like with like the uh, rods of reeds and Krampus, stuff like that. Weird dude, weird deal. 
not really sure what, what I like about Krampus. Um, very odd character, it seems like. He's like the anti-hero, like the devil's version of Santa Claus is kind of what I gleaned. But he's also been folded into some stuff with Santa Claus. Like, he's the bad Santa, or I don't know. They do Krampus runs, I've heard, where everybody just gets dressed up and shit-faced and runs down the streets he's, and will literally really, smack people with reeds. He's been He's been on a hot streak recently, comparatively to what his... You know, popularity has been throughout his uh, his existence. Isn't he in a movie? Don't oh, yeah, they, they have, made like several Krampus yeah. movies. People do cosplay as Krampus, all kinds of stuff. But he's basically like the Christmas. He's Christmas Satan, is what he is. And his arch enemy appears to be Saint Nicholas, dressed like the Pope in his traditional Pope garb. <laughs> of course. I wouldn't be shocked if there was some type of weird Krampus porn. Not oh, has to be right now, but I already know that there is. He's and isn't he like he's got one normal foot, one goat foot, some shit like that. He looks like a like a lot goat, but I can't really see down here what the feet are looking like. Some pictures are looking normal, others are looking like hooves. But the big thing too is he would wear like um, a lot of them would wear like chains that can make noise and stuff like that, and it kind of goes back to the Yule lads being able to make noise and that kind of stuff yeah. when the kids are sleeping. And so things like with Krampus basically looks kind of like a devil goat dude and wears a cloth sack and chains on his back and ankles. And so basically when you can like hear the rattling of chains, just think of being able to do that. Your kid, you can hear them upstairs. You put him to bed. You can hear him thumping around, fucking around. You just reach down, grab a handful of chain, give that thing a fucking hard, just rattle, and then just hear that shit go quiet. Silence. Dead Silence. How long do you think, what do you think the statute of limitations on that is? Like, how many months can in advance of Christmas can you do that, and how far after? Like, does it take Krampus a while to get out of town? Does he hang around a bit? Like, there's some chains rattling, like, January 15th. Yeah, like, Santa does his shit, like, you know, Santa kind of can maybe do the whole year. A lot of people don't start using Santa as the thing until probably around October for, like, you know, Telling your kid to knock that shit off. When but does that thinking, Elf on the Shelf thing come out, traditionally? Um, I don't know, man, because you only really... I mean, people that probably had kids earlier on knew about it. I don't know. We we started doing it last year. But and, I mean, like, is it day after Thanksgiving when the decorations oh, yeah, go up? Oh, yeah, I think when the Christmas... As soon he... Uh, the Elf on the Shelf is supposed to come with all the holiday decorations around oh, the house. Okay. Man, you know what? If you're uh, Elf on the Shelf people... Good for you. Being able to move that and put it in cool positions and everything, I I, I would forget. It sounds like it sucks. I the, think the whole procedure and the note writing and the moving and you have to fucking buy a twenty dollars special glove for the children to be able to pick it up or else. It's, no, no, no. The kids, no. You're, the whole point is is not to buy. No, they're not supposed to be able to move it. If they touch it, it loses its magic. That's the whole point. That's what I mean. They actually sell a special glove that you, they're just okay. So that's a money grab. Yeah, that's all that you elf on the shelf sell, is. They sell clothes for them now. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like that's such a like. It's so dumb, but so genius. Oh, to make money, it's very yes, very just, much. No, no, so. no. The concept in itself. To do that, it was a, all it was, was like, can you imagine if you just told, like, think of this, all I'm going to tell you is this, I'm going to pitch it. Yeah, so it's basically this little elf that you can turn into positions, and it you put it in different places in your house, and you tell your kids that the elf is watching them leading up to Christmas. 
but they can't touch the elf or else it loses his magic and it can't, you know, you don't get Christmas mm-hmm. or anything like that. And people are like, sold. How much does it cost to make? It doesn't cost that. Like, it's a fucking, such a simple idea based on trying to get your kids to quit fucking up. We're going to make this for a buck and a half. We're going to sell it for $25, however much it costs. it might be more because it comes with the book and it's a uh, case and everything. Too much. And guess what? We're going to come out with all different fucking clothes for it and a special glove you have to use to oh, fuck that. So I got a pitch for you then. Okay. Um, instead of Elf on the Shelf, we go like uh, Chains for Gains, something like that, where you, you do the same thing. That comes out with the Christmas decorations, and as soon as that kid starts acting up, grab the chain, shake them around, little Krampus. Does it come with like fear. the Krampus book? Because that's how yeah. the kids know about the legend okay. of the Elf yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Shelf. That's how they know they can't touch it and what happens and how it reports to Santa. And any time one of those kids starts fucking up, you just either have like a little thing in your pocket or something like that, and you just start shaking it, and they hear it, start looking around. I love the idea. I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's, I think it's a genius idea, actually. Where I'm worried is basically the copycats, how, how people are able to make this their own. Now, the book, if we can somehow copyright the book, that's where we're going to go ahead and make our money, because then we pair the, the chains with the book. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, honestly, like I can stop by Home Depot on the way home and maybe, and the cramp, I'm not going to show my fucking three and a half year old the cramp is really, but just <sighs> anyway. But yeah, a lot of the other, like other cultures, Santa type figures. Yeah. A lot of them either had a, um, like a dark counterpart that did like punishment or it was like Grilla it was just basically like, don't fuck off because this thing's coming after you. Mm-hmm. Like there, it wasn't like a, a happy go lucky like festive like jolly like jolly Saint Nick. No, it was there. There it was, was a, dark. The juxtaposition of good and evil, God and the devil. We're not fucking around here. Yeah, there's always going to be somebody going. Back Winter and forth. lasts for six months here. We're not fucking around when it comes to the midpoint of winter. You kids have been fucking around too long. Yeah, we're going to keep trying to push this. There was so much fear and love, it seems like, in a lot of these. Like, we're, I, This is how I know that I'd probably be a bad ruler or like a bad, yeah, bad ruler. I would rule so much out of fear just thinking about the way that this happens and the way that it sounds to me. Like, definitely like to have a little bit of fear. That's why I don't know if I would be a great parent because that's, I, there would be a lot of fear that I would want to rule out of. Not necessarily you like you do have to rule out of fear, physical violence, but just like I, these stories. I, if I had a child, I would absolutely tell them about the Yule lads, like you were talking about. That would be something that we mm-hmm. would lead off with every single year, just to impose that little bit of fear. Then watch him go to school and try to explain that to his teachers, and then all of a sudden, I got to go have a meeting with them because I'm explaining what uh, door sniffer is. <laughs> Not good. You can just say you can trace your. Be like I'm Norwegian. Oh yeah! I if they see, just there. be like, yeah, I still. I mean, this if, red if, beard if, gets let, me a lot of passes. I would look at them and be like, "Sit down, give me fifteen minutes, and you're going to be teaching your own kids about clearly <laughs> lads." I'm about to just fucking, bring extra. Books. I'm about to change your fucking world. <laughs> Teachers walk out of there, think, really appreciate. It. Hey, if you could just email me those details, I'd like to get on this right away. <clears throat> what do you think are some? I mean, what do you think of some of our our fun tradition? I mean, it's. I'm not going to say that like. We don't have fun traditions, but man, our shit has been like so fucking commercialized and everything that there's, it seems to, it doesn't seem like there's any like folklore to it. There's nothing we can trace it like really back to. 
No, we kind of have our own little fun, kind of the fun things of it, the way that it has been portrayed. Like the, I was listening to something today, um, like the actual drawings and renderings of Santa Claus Mm -hmm. were done by a guy that worked at like the Chicago Tribune and he actually drew the pictures to put in the newspaper. And that's where we kind of get like the general idea of like the red and the white. I want to say there was also like other drafts. It's like when they try to like draw storyboards for characters in movies, Uh they have a bunch of different renderings. So like, I want that one. I think they just like, I could even imagine them like, can you, which Santa is the most appealing to you? Well, that one's too fat. That one's kind of threatening. That one's just fat enough. I like that one. Okay, we're going to go with that fatness. Throw some rosy red yep. cheeks on him, not too Can rosy. Can he get a beard? Can he be older? You think of the fun things, too. Like, when I think of it, not only just Santa Claus, but, like, you, you see polar bears, immediately you think Coke, but it's because you grew up seeing the commercials of the polar we'll bears. Your fucking face off. Yeah. And then dr- and wash you down with a fucking Coke. But you kind of get that that what do they whimsy. Call that? And they call that the anapomorphic. Some it's something where you like how people like you get teddy bears, and so people see real bears like that are just like meandering through the woods and everything. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you know, Smokey the Bear friendly and everything. And then you fucking swipe to the next fucking clip, and it's two grizzly bears tearing each other apart or ripping apart a baby deer or elk or something. You're like, oh, my God. You, you assign emotions to an animal. Or they're friendly or something uh-huh. like that. I, so so I what, like are, that. what are some of your – what are some of the ones that – like if you had to name just a couple, what are some of the traditions we have here that you feel like are solid? If you had to keep a few Christmas traditions that were – you know, they got locked in. And they never got to be lost or go anywhere. What would they be that we have? Um, the first one <laughs> sounds a little odd, but just because they, I think, induce a little bit of anxiety in pretty much everybody. But I love the fact that they have the Salvation Army bell ringers out for Christmas. Okay. I I love the the thought of the charity that they could do. I, I don't know where the Salvation Army is on like charitable organizations and how much they pocket or whatever. And that's just the, the jaded asshole in me that can't look past that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But the thought of doing good, like if everybody put a quarter in or if everybody wanted to give, when you go to the grocery store and they always ask you like, would you Mm. like to donate a dollar, five dollars, $20, anything like that? There's a time when I don't get asked. Do you get asked? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I like, I don't know if I look cheap. You see it pop up on the card reader, something like that. And I used to... Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant like the when you're walking in. Oh, I feel no. like the people when you're walking in are just yeah. kind of like, they're ringing it, but they're kind of like zoned out. I, as they... Sometimes. As I would be as well. But then sometimes in your mind, if you don't have any change or anything like that on do you... you think you have to be stoned to do that? Sometimes, yeah. You, you almost feel like when you're walking in... Do you make a move to like pat your pockets to make it look like you're looking for change? Is the bell ringing just a little bit louder as you're getting closer? I'm going to propose something to you. You know how there's those people that can play the different like bells in their head and Uh, do different songs and pitches and everything? I know people are already given their time to do this for the Salvation Army. Very thankful for that. (laughs) You want some pageantry? Just listen though. (laughs) If someone started playing me some Christmas music, ding, 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 ding. As I'm walking in, I realize that's a little bit more work, but I mean, you're going to fill that red bucket a lot faster. 
Yeah, pizzazz. Even if someone had that single bell and was maybe doing a little bit of the electric slide or something like that, I'd be like, I can't not walk in and not give you money. And in fact, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to get cash back just so I can give you something so on the can, way out. So yeah, so I can catch you on the way out if I don't have anything in the beginning. Like fucking bro, I, I'm hitting you both ways. I, just the thought that that's still like something that we do, though, that obviously has to have some sort of a benefit to it and to know that there are people out there that are still willing to be that good-hearted to stand out there in the fucking cold and ring bells just to try to provide for somebody else like that's a very cool thought can your second one not be something that sounds like benevolent can it just be cheap and selfish uh because i feel like salvation i'm glad there are people Doing good, ringing the bells. That's just kind of what Christmas I'm, is I'm, to me, though. I know it is. I know it is. I just need, because of mine that I'm thinking of, I need you to go a, a little a little selfish. Oh, okay. Or just, or not even selfish, but it could be just like, like it doesn't have any substance to it. Or it's in, NBA it, on Christmas Day. Love it. It would be what? NBA on Christmas Day. You get, you're get you supposed to be spending time with your family. You get like six NBA games, and I think this year we get two NFL games. Is that what I... I think it is. I think we're getting NFL and NBA. I think they started doing two games. So this sweet <clears throat> time of spending time with your family, like you have so much basketball and so much football on the TV that that's kind of what the main that's focus takes. That's goddamn... That's such a good goddamn pick. And, and you're laying on the couch or you're kicked back in the recliner and a game ends and you flip over to the other channel to catch the next one. And it's like just they line them up in such a way where you have like 15 minutes to like get up, piss, grab another drink, grab grab some snacks and some leftovers. And you can be in pajamas all yes. day. You never have to change. I, your, your food should already be taken care of at that point. You're mm-hmm. already taken care of as far as... God, that is fucking perfect. That's and beautiful. you have dessert still in between games that you can sneak in, grab a little piece of pie, grab some While cake. While you're watching the game, you fiddle around with whatever you got for Christmas yeah. or play around with shit. Oh, man. Solid, solid feeling. I And that's my traditions. I, I like that idea for a tradition. Like, just always having the TV on and sports playing. Well, mine fucking suck now. Uh, you told me to go selfish. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I did. Uh, first one, Christmas lights. Lovely. And I know this isn't exclusive to, to you know, United States or anything like that, but I feel like that's one of those things that it's the, it's the Clark Griswold thing. Like, if, if we do it, we're going to do it more. And it's fun to just see, like, there's still, like, Christmas lights displays that I look at, I'm just like, God damn. I think more so now, like, as an adult, I'm looking, I'm like, I know that costs a lot of money to do. And I know that that was a lot of fucking work to do. Like after having hung lights myself sucks, it sucks. But then you look at it and you see a display that's just, but you also appreciate the ones that the lights are tight. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed the ones that lights are nice and tight and they're those bright, clean LEDs. And you're just like, fuck me. Every individual light. I on never the big thought ones. I'd be sexually aroused by a light display before, but when there's those LEDs and they're just popping, you get a little music in there. You throw some inflatables in the mix. It's mm. a wonderful thing to see a house just completely lit up. I don't know. Do you think they do it overseas the same way where it like almost becomes a competition in neighborhoods to have like... Yeah, it- to a degree. I bet like they have the the best of like best of Britain's lights and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think they do it like they do here. Especially with like the light shows that people do now with like to the music and the talking house and all that kind of shit. Yeah. The the other part of it too that I think I've come to appreciate more so is it's very like 
So like I'll go and I'll pick up, um, I'll uh, pick up my kid on my way home from, or sometimes I'll pick him up on my way home from work. And so one of the cool things that um, Katie also does when she picks him up is she'll just turn like down on the way home down into a random subdivision and mm. literally drive two streets in a random subdivision and just him being able to look at like the lights. It's just like this weird, like, like boost to his day that takes no effort at all. Well, he's got nothing to look forward to at home. So just being able to drive around and see a bunch of the shit's going to get him pumped. Well, yeah. And it's just the, his standard drive from like, but it's a special time of year where like his drive from, you know, Nene's house to home, you know, it's a, usually like, Hey, how's your day buddy? And we'll talk and stuff uh-huh. like that. But now it's like, check this out. Let's go look at something cool. And then, see something like whoa be like and then you know he'll find his favorite colors and he'll shout it out or he'll see my favorite colors and he'll shout them out so that's gotta that's gotta hang around i like that you think there's a correlation between the guys that do the big fireworks displays and the guys that decorate their houses gotta be right Mm -hmm. you spend a thousand dollars on fireworks and mortars and shit you have to be i mean i'm sure there are some that don't do the but i mean there's there's gonna be some correlation between that definitely and then the second one. Man, I obviously didn't give this very, very much thought. I've gotten to the point where I really, oh, that's what it was. I was going to text you this, but I didn't want to <laughs> discuss it and ruin it. That's what it was. There's something that's like very, I don't know, just very either peaceful or I don't know. So, like, when you have your Christmas tree in the same room where you have, like, your TV and your fireplace, I know that's very specific, but Uh you actually have it, Uh too. There's something about the TV being on, watching something that you know, a familiar show that you're comfortable with, the lights from the tree and the fireplace, all of it combining together. It's just this weird, simple, weirdly, like, peaceful, perfect moment. I don't know if that's... Is that corny? Yeah, there's like an ambiance in the house when you see the decorations all together. And Are you guys real or fake tree? Fake. That... We had to We had to do... And it's not... I, I've always been a real tree person for the longest time. It just got to the point when it had to be fake. When you have, when you have like a really small kid, all of the fucking needles and shit like that, you kind of are like, okay, we'll just get a fake tree for for now and then also if you have dogs sometimes the smell of the tree can make them piss on the tree and so that was kind of a issue once you go to a fake tree i'm not gonna lie to you though it's very hard to go back and i feel like i will eventually have to get one just to kind of show my kid that this is like this is what it's like to get like a real tree and have that smell you got to water it we got to get it centered perfect and everything there's something like, you know, very cool because that's how I grew up going to pick out a tree. That was something like even when me and Katie first got together, like we had real trees. We uh-huh. didn't get a fake one until we had a had the kid. And just going to pick out the tree, there was something cool about that. Like it never felt like a chore. No, it felt like it, a chore when they fucking charged you for it. Like Jesus. It's but. exciting. That's that's one thing. I think I'm just I'm always gonna have to be a real tree guy, and I, I understand kind of what you're saying as far as like the pitfalls of Listen, it. I'm I'm rooting for you. I hope you are always a real tree guy. It's it might be too late for me. That I t- hope it's not too late for yeah. you. Stick to your guns. I'll I'll remind you if you ever have a if you ever ask me, hey, 
what brand do you guys use? No. And if you ask me that, I'm going to say, hey, let's meet up. What are you doing? There just seems to be check, something. Check the tape. Yeah. There just seems to be something like out of all the holiday traditions that come with Christmas, to me, that's just like the one that I think of. Like it's, I I hate selling out and commercializing things. So that seems to be like, that'll be my last bastion. Like if I'm paying 200 bucks for a real tree eventually one day, cause all the drought and everything like that, it's just going to have to be a sunk cost for it's, me to, that's part to try of, to keep that's part my, of the, that's part of the commitment to the, to Christmas. I'll tell you what I do. And I know it's no substitute. I have a like, um, cedar spray, yeah. like pine spray that when it's my turn, when I get the living room to myself at night and everything, <laughs> this is when I'm th- the most at peace, dude. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was editing one of the podcasts and I had the laptop open in front of me, glow from the tree to my left, fireplace right next to it, and just the laptop. And I just sat there listening to us. It's weird to sit there and just listen to us talk, especially when we're texting. Yeah. So it's like I'm listening to your voice, but I'm talking to you via text. But I was like, this is just weirdly like, I don't know. It, the tree makes it somehow just feel like a special time of the year. I, it's the one time of year that you bring some, you chop something down, you bring it inside your house, it's still alive, and you try to keep it alive. Like it's like having a big plant. Yeah. And you do it for as long as you can. Some years it doesn't work out well. Mm-hmm. Some years it doesn't live to Christmas, but you gave it the old college try. There's going to be a day or two that you're probably going to forget yep. to water it. That's when you got to hope that you overwatered it the days before. You have to hope also that, like, the, it, regardless of how much you fill up the dog's water, you know that at some point they're going to go drink that fucking tree water. There's something about that delicious tree water that's different. It's got a, you know what it is? It's like a goddamn when you put mint in goddamn water. Yeah, it's putting spruce like, needles yeah, inside like, of this a is tea. fancy. This is nice. We always try to keep something that's nice and thick at the bottom so who can't get to it. Yeah. But I will say one thing that he does love, he absolutely loves to feel the needles against him. Like he will go up and rub himself all oh, the way over the side of the tree. You got to keep those things supple. Yeah. You can probably tell. You, there's probably a patch of tree that you can tell if it's getting too dry. <laughs> it's just fucking ornaments don't stick there anymore and everything. That's the other thing, dude. Um, I'll say a third thing that I like. And this isn't... It's not like... I don't know if it's traditional Christmas or not. Um, we've gotten to the point where almost all of our ornaments, except for a few fillers are all ornaments that we've picked up for like specific reasons or like, that's the way to go. Uh, Designer trees are bullshit. When people look at like patterns to wrap like garland in a certain way and they buy like all the same thing Mm -hmm. that to me feels fake. Well, what I mean though is like, you know how you can go and you can buy a 50 pack of just the ornaments and everything. Mm -hmm. We almost don't even need any of those because we have so many individually purchased that we've gotten. And it's almost cool to like, and I know that a ton of people do this, and I probably sound like I'm like, oh, welcome to the fucking, welcome to the party, Richter. Um, but, like, I've I've also been high when I've been doing this. But I've just kind of stood in front of the tree, and I could pick out, like, parts of my life based upon the ornament. Like, there was an ornament from the ultrasound. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, I'm like, that ornament is, like, fucking four, more than four years old. And then there's like an ornament that we got in Disneyland that has the year on it with the Mickey Mouse ears. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was from fucking 2016. And then there's things that we got when Landon was, that said like mom, dad, and baby. So I knew he was still a baby. Then there were our names on him and everything. And we've got ones for him that there's like a Batman and a Spider-Man. And I'm getting to the point of all this whole thing is <clears throat> if you get your child an ornament that looks like their favorite hero, 
that they do not understand the concept oh, it's, it's of the construction difference structurally, material-wise, of the difference between an ornament and a toy. Not made to last. No, and I'm not even shitting you. Every one of his ornaments that are for him have hot glue somewhere, <laughs> gluing a limb back on. I finally had to like, I think I finally made it stick and he also helped make it stick. So he has an ornament that almost looks identical to one of his toys, but he insists on having them both. What's better than one? I understand. I understand that. What I'm saying though, is it gave me an opportunity to take the ornament. I understand this is boring as shit, but, and then the toy that articulated, and I was like, here, here's the best example I can give you, buddy. It's like, see how the arms move, the legs move. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to squeeze it. It'll see how it bends a little bit, and I want you to drop it from above your head. See how nothing happened to it? Nothing broke. Yeah. And I was like, if you do that with this one, how he doesn't move, he's made of like porcelain or whatever they make. There's no of. articulation he, I'm in like, this. I'm like, he will break. We need to put him back on the tree. And he's like, okay. He's like, I'll be careful. I shit you not. Two minutes later, I hear this little crack, <laughs> and um, Katie was in with him, and I hear him immediately start to cry. And I walked in, and I was kind of—I wasn't—I didn't say anything, but I had—I felt smug, in a kind of guilty way. I walked up and I looked down. And I go, "Spider-Man break," <laughs> and Katie was trying to calm down. She's like, "Yeah, he broke." Well, we're going to fix him. And I kind of look down at him. I go, yep. I go, we should probably leave him on the tree now. Huh, buddy? And he just looked at me and he was like, yeah. I was like, all right, my work here is done. Lesson learned. Like, I couldn't have, I couldn't have timed it. I don't know if the lesson would have stuck, but none of the ornaments have left the tree since. Yeah. You're coming into the golden age of parenting Christmas ornaments too. Because as soon as he hits school and every single year when they, like, make stars out of, like, milk cartons to it's bring already, home for It's already started. What do you think him and Nene? That's true. They, I'm not even shitting you. You brought that up. That's what they did today. You color plastic Solo cups. Yeah. You put them in the oven on broil, apparently. I'm not even shitting you. They flatten down. You get them out as soon as they flatten down, and they turn into ornaments, and then you hot glue string to it. What about all the chemicals that burned off? Nothing from... Nothing catches. Now that you're saying this right now, I'm going to recommend they don't do this again. Yeah. We, the, uh, we have the ornaments. Okay. What yeah, I'm yeah. saying, though, is, it is, done, already, is done. it's already begun. There's okay. like nine of them. So. And this is where you also... Here's a move here. You know who... <clears throat> <clears throat> a little tickle there. You know who would love these? all the people that aren't here at our house. So let's go ahead and send a couple of these to your aunt and uncle. Yeah. Your other aunt and uncle. <laughs> you know who would love about four of these? Bon grandma. So we're going to take those. We left. I told him, I go pick your favorite. He picks his favorite. I'm like, that one stays. The rest of them <laughs> we're fucking shipping out. Everybody gets a, an ornament mm-hmm. made by the boy with mm-hmm. their Christmas card this year. That's funny. No. As much as, I don't know. I think it's a lot of it is like, you know, finding your own kind of like self-made traditions and the things that are, are positive. And, and, you know, there's a ton of positivity about I'm not bashing on Christmas or anything. I think this is more of just a comparison that if our Christmas is good, there's some great fucking Christmas folklore out there. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I don't really think that it's appropriation or anything like that to bring some of these traditions into your families. I think it, if I were to figure out like we were Norwegian or something like that, mm-hmm. I think it would be kind of cool to try to connect back to ancestors that way. And just these funny little things, like not like if I'm Scottish dressing up in a kilt. This 23 and me thing. I, I never do it. I said you got to find a workaround. Yeah. You got to, you're going to have to go to like an actual like lab and be like, listen, I know there's this 23 and me bullshit flowing around, but I'm going to need this on the hush hush. I got to find out if I got any Viking DNA so I can start laying claim to some shit. I don't want the government to know. I, I don't what's, want this on what's file. What's the surcharge <laughs> for you guys not to share this information? <laughs> yeah. Can we do this under the table? Yeah. All right, man. You got anything else? No, I think, I think we're good. Everybody have a, a fun Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy holidays. Um, I know we didn't discuss Hanukkah, but if there are any of our Jewish listeners, Happy Hanukkah. Um, Happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Yeah, and this is just the first Christmas one. We'll, I'm sure we'll get into talking about you know maybe the Passover and stuff like that because it's, it's all fun, interesting history too. It's our first year. We're keeping it simple. All right. With... Gorilla and the fucking Yule Lads. Yeah. yeah. If you've learned anything from this, maybe look at your kids and weigh that option to do it to them. There you go. All right, guys. Stay safe. Peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another episode. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe and like button. Follow us. If you didn't like what you heard, still hit that anyway, because we'll probably cover something in the future that you do like. Um, Please follow us on our social media. Adam, hit him with it. Uh, our Instagram is historically high pod, historically high pod, and we are on Twitter at historically high. That's historically hi. All right, and if you guys want to send in any feedback, suggestions, hit us up on those two, or you can even do it on Gmail. It's historically high podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again. Peace.